0: Oh, I think you should say your testimony.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter where you're going. You you have a testimony somewhere. God's not going to take your testimony away. Right. True. So. All of us are hard eggs to crack, without the love of Jesus Christ.
2: And then I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And ever since then, I have been been able to stop smiling.
1: And of course, I believe there are other true friends you can have, but Jesus will always be number one. If if I face death, I already faced death before. It's nothing new, but I have Jesus by my side.
0: Let's go through bad things. And the answer is you can't have a real relationship. You can't have trust without pain. Those thought patterns and behaviors can be replaced with the word of God, which is truth. They were telling me about the goodness of God, that I didn't have to struggle anymore, that I didn't have to hold on to the weight. Because if you really don't have that mindset of, I need to be confident in God, then you're never, you're never going to feel right. So
2: That is just keeping God at the center, taking a moment to realize that you've been placed in this time for a reason. You get up the next day and you chase after the same victory.
1: I can't run away from the call.
2: It, we'd be up to like 3, 4 in the morning just talking Bible. But God kept telling me, you got it. You just got to keep going. I don't just want to be in your will. I want to be in the perfect will of God. I really want to preach the gospel and um, see lives change. And if you're not in ministry, just step up because I'm, I'm sure there's work.
1: It, it's really seeing where I can step in. It's asking, doing anything that I absolutely possibly can. Church after church is gonna see a return of prodigals like never before.
2: You gotta make sure that you're gonna protect the field at all costs, because Satan will come to seek, kill, and destroy what is of God. But at the end of the day, and this is just what I've learned, either you want it or you don't.
1: But I'll tell you my story is this. People can't deny the power of God in your own life.
0: Oh, sure, yeah. Um, so it's Draw Me Close to You, which is like...
2: We're, she's about to sing a beautiful <laughs> song. Hey, Brother French! <laughs> so yeah, So okay, so the song, Draw Me Close to You. All right. Draw me close, to, close, close to you me. Never let me
0: go I lay it all down again yeah. To hear you say that I'm your friend
2: You are my side. Bring me back to you. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? How's it going? It's going, bro. Back on. Welcome back to Just Two Witnesses with Traven and Brandon. So I'm just going to start off by reading the scripture real quick in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release for from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair they will be called oaks of righteousness a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor praise the Lord
1: Praise the Lord. Praise your Lord. testimony
2: is a planting of the
1: Lord. That's what God has done in your life. So really, everything you just heard in that compilation, everything that you guys shared with us at Midwest Youth Convention was the the honor that God has done for you through his blood, through how much he values you, through his mercy, through his His grace toward you. Because he wants to take you and, and show the fact that he came to this earth, he came to your earth, to your world, to your time, to you know, preach the gospel and be crucified that you might have hope, that you might have oil of joy for mourning.
2: Let's just go ahead and give thanks to all the people who participated in, in this event that we had
1: going on. Yeah. And real quick, if you don't know what that was in the beginning, that was a compilation of the testimonies that were um, given to us at Midwest Youth Convention. We were blessed enough to have a booth and, you know, for this podcast for people to come on and we wanted them to share their testimony.
2: So, Right, um, and that opportunity was only open because primarily God and for uh, brother and sister Hussey giving us the opportunity, supporting their young folks and hyphen, um, just great people, great people, very dear to our heart, and of course as well as our pastor um, Jay Allison who has been such a big support and and just kind of has kept us on track through this journey as well.
1: Amen. So, yeah, again, thank you guys so much. And really, what we want to do is just clear up what we're going to do with those testimonies because they're very personal to you all and they're very real. So, we want to make sure we handle them with the proper care. So, what, and we're not obviously going to try to just expose them and do whatever we think we want with them. But what we'd like to do is include a testimony for every episode that we start. And then we'd like to have that sort of fit in with the theme of the episode. The episode is not going to be based on the testimony per se. We're not going to, you know, go back and point it through and pick it out but you know for this example today um we can just talk about it we're going to have the episode of truth looks good on you and this testimony we're about to share with you guys is is a really impactful story about going from bondage into truth and freedom and love so um you'll kind of see how we do it and that's going to be the theme for a little bit and how we're going to incorporate these testimonies because they mean a lot to us and we know that they mean a lot to you right right that's good
2: Um, And I think now that we've mentioned that, let's just go ahead and start that video.
1: Yeah, I agree. Let's just go ahead and get this testimony started. Hello. Hi. (laughs) How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: We are great.
2: It's going great. Good. So what's your name?
0: My name is Bree. I am from Marshalltown.
2: You go to what church?
0: Um, I go to New Life Church, Marshalltown, and my pastor is Russian Reed.
2: Nice. Praise the Lord. Awesome. All right. Okay, well,
1: what's your story? Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> um, it all starts back in my childhood um, when I was four years old. Um, I grew up in and out of the church a lot. And so um, when I was four, I was introduced to Calvary Apostolic Church in Des Moines. Mm. Um, and actually, shout out to the Dolans because <laughs> they're a huge part of my life and my testimony. Um, they used to come and pick up my family and take us to church. But um, when I was four, I went through verbal and physical abuse. My dad was very neglectful. He was a workaholic, so he was never home. Um, I hadn't even met my biological mother until I was 18 years old, so I had no relationship with her. Hmm. Um, But when I was in eighth grade, I came to a point in my life where I said enough is enough and I couldn't take the abuse anymore and I couldn't just sit back and just allow my life to just crumble. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even really understand God, even though I was going to a Pentecostal church. Yeah. It was one of those things where you went because you were you just were told to and yeah. you just showed up and you sat right. in the pew and whatever, you know? And so um, I just knew that there was more purpose. Yeah. I just knew that there was something deeper and I couldn't explain it in words. And so I went to school, I told them about it. Um, I ended up in foster care from the ages of 14 all the way until I aged out, moving from home to home. Um, I had a lot of broken trust, so um, it was hard for me to trust authority. It was hard for me to um, trust friends and people that were actually there for me in my corner and trying yeah. to support me. Um, and so then I aged out of foster care at the age of 18, and I went to college. and. Um, in between this time when I was 16 um, that's when I was truly introduced to God I was to the Lord by my sister and her husband they were teaching me um, <laughs> about the Holy Ghost and about baptism and repentance in Jesus name and um, they were telling me about the goodness of God that I didn't have to struggle anymore that I didn't have to hold on to the weight right. that I didn't have to pretend to be something that I really wasn't right. and so um, I actually at youth camp Um, Brother Nate Kennedy, I don't even remember what he was preaching, like I don't even know what the actual sermon was about, but he started preaching about the Holy Ghost, (laughs) and that seemed to catch my attention, and I was just so hungry, I was just so lost, and I was just longing for something so much deeper that I walked to the front, and um, Brother Nathan Hussey comes beside me, and he says, do you want to get the Holy Ghost tonight, and I said, yes I do, and so he told me to lift my hands and him. And there were a couple of other people that were surrounding me, um, were praying for me. And in a matter of an instant, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Um, and then following that um, Sunday, Brother Nate Hussey baptized me in Jesus name. Wow. And so I went back to my foster home. And, um, you know, due to not having a solid foundation, I backslid, so I'm also a yeah. prodigal. Um, in this crazy, twisted, messed up story. <laughs> and so um, I ended up going back to my old life and it got even worse to the point where I was exposed to marijuana and I was exposed to drinking and I was trying to just cover up whatever I could um, so I didn't have to feel the pain. and. By that point, I knew that God was real. I had the Holy Ghost living inside of me. I'd been baptized. So I had an understanding of him, but yet I was trying to run away from him. And so finally, when I graduated high school, I went to college um, at Simpson in Indianola. And um, this is where i officially met my family. I was going to college. And yes, I was getting good grades, but I always get to the scripture that says what profits a man if he gains right. the whole world, right. but he loses his soul. So yes, I was getting good grades and I was doing well in school, but there was this emptiness in me. There was this this drawing that said, like, come back to me. I hmm. want you. I, you're my child. And so I started going back to Calvary and I met Katie and Israel Gonzalez. Hmm. And um, great, they are See awesome. A they What's are, that podcast called again?
2: Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. Shout out to us, a, be
0: honest. Oh, is this like a sponsorship? I'll let you take we a break. No, no. We just threw him a bone. Oh, okay. So anyways, um, so they started discipling me and it wasn't like, you know, get your life right. Get it figured out. Quit acting a fool. It was we mm. love you. We care wow. about you. Yeah. Oh, it's your birthday. We're going to make you chicken Alfredo and, you know, <laughs> and have angel food cake. Cause that's my favorite, by the way, for my birthday. And, um, My sister would say, hey, do you want to spend the night? Do you want to hang out? Do you want to go to a movie? What do you want to do? Like, she met me where I was. And because they had that understanding and that depth of love for a soul, they won, you know, they were able to win me back to the Lord. And so then I was able to share my testimony with them. And... um, You know, my sister was said, hey, like, let me introduce you to my mom, because I think she would really be um, a good mentor for you. And she could really relate to your story. And so I met my mom and my dad and my little sister, and I immediately fell in love with them. It was like I was a part of the family my whole life. And so I ended up quitting school and I moved um, to Corridon with them. And I lived there for about two years, and God was doing great things. He was building me up again. He was giving me a solid foundation, and in that season, I was able to just find my identity in Him and grow in a relationship with Him, and just discover like who am who am I and who does He say that I really am. Um, and so then, um, there came a point where they asked me if I wanted to be adopted. They're what I've what I've wanted my entire life. They're what I could have, you know just dreamed of and it was even beyond that actually. And so um, coming into the family, like I really do honor them. I have a high respect for them. I have a high respect for for each of their ministries, my siblings and all that they have sacrificed. And you know, when I came to the family, it was like I was their sister. Yeah. And they just loved me for who I was. They loved me where I was at. They loved me in my struggles. They loved me on the mountaintops. Um, they see and, and still continue to see that there is a ministry and a calling over my life. And so I know that I can trust them. I can mm-hmm. go to them. They pray for me. They war for me. And so anyways, I could go on and on about how amazing my family is. That's but, awesome. Um, the <laughs> so then um, my brother ended up getting elected as the pastor in Marshalltown. And I had started going over and I was helping, but I was still going back and forth. And I started feeling this call to Marshalltown. Hmm. Like every time I would go there, there was just like this burden. I couldn't shake it off. And I would just be like, yeah, whatever. Okay, God, like Marshalltown, who cares, whatever, right? But then that burden would just get stronger and it would get stronger and it would get stronger. And I ended up going to um, the South Dakota hyphen conference, by the way, would oh, highly yeah. recommend yeah. going. South Dakota- you should totally go. To it is impactful. Thing. Yeah, it's the
1: same thing. Oh, Yeah. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. And so the minute I walked into the doors of that church, it was pretty much about <laughs> leading into the promised land, getting ready to move, yep. Yep. packing your bags, moving on to the next season. Wow. And I was at the altar, and I, you know, felt God tell me, okay, it's time for you to move on to your, your next right. season. And so I came home. I was talking to my parents they were on board I talked to um, just you know all the leadership and everyone that needed to know about my transition and so um, I transitioned into Marshalltown but I hadn't quite moved yet I was still a little apprehensive I was still kind of like "Eh, I don't really know and no Wow. Yeah. And so um, then my mom finally sat me down. She's like, all right, you got to do this. I'm like, okay. So (laughs) I ended up packing my bags, talking to, you know, my pastor. And I said, hey, you know, I've been looking for apartments and I have nowhere else to go. Like, can I come, you know, stay with you? And he said, yes. And so that's who I'm currently living with right now. But um, I am so, so thankful. And I honor my pastor and I honor my pastor's wife because, Um, they've truly sacrificed a lot for me. Um, and they just see, you know, the ministry and the calling and, um, they push me, they challenge me. So if you get anything out of that, honor your pastor, right. love on him, support right. him, have his back because you don't know the battles. You don't know the right. struggles. You don't see him behind the closed doors. You don't see him warring for you in the spirit. Right. And so anyways, I ended up moving to Marshalltown, Um, and ever since then, I've just felt the call, Um uh, to just speak, to share my testimony, to speak about the gospel, about his goodness. Mm -hmm. And day by day, like he's just um, leading me on a road of recovery because there's still those scars, there's still those wounds that tend to come up. And so, um, you know, you have to be willing to go into that road of recovery. But I believe that there's going to come a day where I'm truly and fully healed from that. And as long as it's giving him the glory, as long as it's showing of his goodness, then that's all that I really care about. So, awesome. anyways, I didn't mean to like sneak no. a preach, but <laughs> no, not I mean
2: that's awesome. Well, I thank you for coming on. I was
0: thank you guys great, for inviting great. me. Wow. I was hiding. I didn't want to do it at first, and he's like, "No, you need to share it." i like, "I don't want to," and then soon after, God was like, "No, you're gonna do it." Ooh.
1: Amen. Thank you, Bree, for coming on. I know that it meant a lot to you for for stepping up there. And I know that it meant a lot to say what you had to say. And I really feel that a lot of people are going to be impacted
2: by that. Man, I was encouraged just listening to it there in a moment. Right. Powerful, powerful. Very powerful. But that's kind of of going to lead into what we have to share this episode, which the um, title of the episode is... Truth Looks Good on You. Yeah. So truth looks good on you. Um, And kind of... Steering more into that, what exactly that entails is just look at it as a two sides of a coin, which we'll explain more as we get further into this episode. Um, But before being believers, I was in bondage. We all know people who are in bondage and entangled in this world and in the filth. We all have people around us in, in our daily walks friends, loved ones, family members, um, teachers. And there's so much potential for people. So much potential. And to see their hands plow in the kingdom of God would be insane. And I mean, if you really sit down and you think about one of your closest friends in life that isn't in church and then put them in a position where they are in church, they are in ministry, they are doing these things for God, Marcus spoke about in one of his testimonies earlier in a little trailer thing we had going on there. There's, work, There's to do. work to do. Right. And so we have
1: a lot of avenues we could talk about truth and how it looks good on a person. So and we're not going to sit here and try to talk about the whole truth of the whole Bible, because that's, you know, that's another gonna be time what actually. this the rest of this podcast is about. Um, but to start off on one side of the coin and really look at what bondage is and really look at how it just affects the the nature of this world, because we all live in it you don't have to have the eyes of the Holy Ghost to look in this world and and see the corruption. You know, you look out your bedroom window and you'll probably see a few things that kind of tweak your eye. You know, you, you see on the news, the politicians and you see on your own phone, the, the hardship that every teen faces nowadays. And you see just the weight of the world sitting on parents who might've just gotten a divorce. And it doesn't matter where you are. There is bondage in this world and there is sin in this world. And, until we come to a point where we recognize that there's no hope at the end of this there is no life at the end of this there is no thing that's going to get me my rich, richest and wildest dreams that's when we realize that we're living in a lie unless you live in the country <laughs> yeah <laughs> cuz <'Cause> you <he> said <laughs> if you look outside your window
2: you'll see that's you know? true i mean you could be the, you could be
1: brother wolf out there living on that you know huge cornfield yeah, paradise exactly corn. and he looks out and all he sees is corn and uh, some Man, guy riding and on a corn p- prices are really <laughs> rising, bro.
2: <laughs> Speaking from that place of bondage, yeah. Because we can speak about people in the world, yeah. But let's just connect. Generalizing, yeah. So let's connect it to ourselves, yeah. Because my point of bondage. I don't know when when you saw me when we first met the first time, and when I saw you the first time, we were still in those pre seasons. I'm going to say that again. I lived in bondage, but now I'm set free in Jesus Christ.
1: And truth looks pretty good on you, bro. Thanks, man.
2: And I would say both of us live
1: through some pretty hard bondage. And it's not like we don't face hardships now, but when you really look back and you really reflect on where you've come from and where your life has gone and what Christ has taken you through, you realize where you would be without that. And you realize that there are so many people and – and so many souls who who live through this day and live through this time, and and all they see is the corruption of this world. They see the politicians argue. They see their parents fight. They see the wickedness of the teachers at school. They see the 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 bullying going on at school, and they can't help but feel lonely, depressed, and scared. And honestly, that's the root of this. Because what Christ can offer you and what Jesus can offer you is so much greater and so much more powerful than the state in which you live. And that is honestly the summary of it: is slavery. If 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 we just continue to walk day, day in and day out and go to our job nine to five and go to school from eight to three, then the, the way you will walk is toward bondage. It, it might not feel like it right now. It might not look like it, but there will come a day when you will look back and realize how much you missed out on when you stand before God. And so what we want to do is we just want to encourage those who are on the fence and who aren't sure what to do that there is a greater. Because Jesus said in John chapter eight, verse thirty one. John chapter eight verse thirty one, he said. Then said those, then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him and said, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You will not receive freedom until you step into the calling that Christ has put upon your life. And, and for some of those stages of people where they're at in life, that might look like repenting. That might look like, man, I've got a lot on me right now. I, I can't, continue to live how I'm living I need something more right for some of you that might be to stepping into baptism mm. and walking further into the will of God where you once you go in that water once you go underneath that water yeah. every bit of slavery has now been removed from you right for some of you that's opening up your heart and allowing God to fill you with the Holy Ghost and once you do that and once you step into more you will realize how much truth there is because at the end of this compilation there was someone who said you know my story is this you can't deny what the power of God in your own life. And that's the truth of it because, Mm. again, you can just look at your life and see the pain enslavement that you go through. But really, when you lay your head down at night, do you want to think about that stuff or do you want to think about how much God has set you free?
2: Right. You see, and kind of what we're here doing for y'all, think about it. Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham, pleading to God. Yeah. We're not saying that we're here being Abraham for a year guys is Sodom and Gomorrah but just simply Abraham saw lot there in that in that place potential Abraham saw his 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 what's it what is he to him his nephew his nephew and and kind of correlating that to our lives that Sodom and Gomorrah was filth God did not save that but Abraham saw there were still people he said you know if there's still he said if there's 50 if there's Thirty, if there's twenty, if there's ten,
1: then can you save it? And God said, "Yeah." And there weren't even that many. No, but
2: what I'm trying to relate to this is the fact that we do have that redemption now. Yeah, that opportunity, and there are people out there who are praying for you and and interceding for you and who are fighting for you, right? And are not wanting to see you perish. With and they're they're spending hours in prayer you know seeking god's face fighting for you saying look at their potential but there's not so much of a need to do that anymore because jesus himself is wanting to see that potential in you he's already done it it's already i mean
1: it's already here you have the opportunity like right he already died on the cross he already set things in motion to where when you look up and when you see your redemption draw nigh and you you allow that word of god to flow Hmm. into your heart and you look at the scripture where it says repent and, and be baptized in jesus name and and you look where even though they were stabbing him and whipping him on the cross and pouring vinegar down his mouth, he looked at them and said, Lord, forgive them for they do yeah. not know. Imagine
2: those lenses. I want to carry those lenses. I want to live in that lens. you know, and that's kind of the other flip side of the coin. So to say people come, people, we come from bondage. Um, we come from a place of entanglement of sin and Christ has already seen us through okay. his lens of redemption, of love. Um, So we really want to help and
1: apply the understanding that, and actually I want to read this scripture because it it kind of fits well. Titus chapter 3, verse 3, he says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, being hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. If you stand here and you can look back on your life and you say, wow, I was disobedient. Wow, I was living in bondage. And you look what God has done for you. Now we want to help encourage you and look at someone else and say, man, there is so much potential on that person. There is so much ability for God to step in and clear out the filth and clear out the disgustingness and clear out something to make him a man of God that God has called him to be. And that's what we want to encourage you to do is is think about someone. Think about your best friend. Think about someone who, who might not be in church right now. And if it took Abraham interceding for Lot to get him out of bondage, maybe it'll take you interceding for your best friend for them to be right. renewed by the blood of the Lord. Right.
2: So me and Trayvon both work at this company where we give people rides for free. No, I'm joking. Um, But the other day, um, I was giving a passenger ride to up, up to Pella. And we were talking on the way up there. And he was a really well man. He lived his life, you know, trying to do good. He took in his grandchildren. When the mother wasn't able to provide, he was that provider. And he didn't have to do any of that, you know. There's just a lot of things he was sharing with me. And I was just like, man, are you Christian, man? And he's like, no, you know. And then I couldn't just help to look at his life and see, now just imagine God coming in and renewing and restoring. But just to have those eyes to look at someone's life and, and see the potential. Every person that we meet, every disciple that we make, every I feel like we ought to be looking through those lenses. Which, shout out to a sister at our church who really stepped up in a great way, um, which is she's now taking care of a baby um, in a situation where she doesn't have to and hoping to minister, not just only to the child in her future, but into the family um, because she sees that potential. Yeah, Um, She's being that light in a dark place, which I don't know if I'd be able to do, to be honest with you. But I sat down saying, I was like, why are you doing this? And she's like, I just couldn't help but to help. Like, wouldn't you like, look at her. She showed me the baby and I about teared up because I could imagine that baby growing up in church and love. Yeah. And being that catalyst point mm-hmm. to impact her mother. And then whatever story and testimony God is operating in that situation. It's just beautiful. Right. And it's just it's just crazy when we see through those lens the possibilities. Yeah. Now taking care of a child that's not even hers. Because of the love of Christ that she was able to see through those lens. Right. Which is just insane. No, there might be bondage here but we
1: have an opportunity for freedom. Right. And she is giving and sacrificing so much for one little soul to have an opportunity of freedom. Right. I think that's what we need to do is we need to be able to look at someone and say, I, I want to give so that you might have an opportunity to freedom. But what does that look like?
2: I mean, Jesus did that for us on a bigger scale. Um, But for us, discipling encouraging those, the people around us um, I think we need to be available to teach and I think that we need to be available to show the love and
1: fellowship even when we don't really feel like we we should <laughs> because we don't understand how much of an effect it has when we just give a yes. brother a hug or when we just give a sister a high five for us and then when the sister gives a sister a hug for them But
2: man it's a sacrifice I mean you always got to remember that we have to love people and and see that potential through them Because honestly, that's what kept me motivated at times. Because there were times where I really didn't want to hug a brother. Where I really didn't want to be around a person. But then that is the whole, that is ministry. That is being a servant. That is living for Christ. Loving even when it feels like not loving. Seeing potential even when it seems like, man, will they really ever get it. And kind of taking that. So coming from a point of bondage now, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I got baptized in His name, and that bondage was dropped. I remember that day very clear. <laughs> yeah, and from there I went home, and there was a literal glow off of me. Is what people were telling me. So let's kind of let's kind of work with that from there. I agree. Talk about that glow. How Moses coming down from the mountain?
1: Yeah, bro. I think you came up out of that water, and like I had to put sunglasses on because how bright <laughs> you were shining, dog. But no, that is the testimony that we ought to be striving for, is that when we walk as people and when we have Christ in our hearts and we know what he's done for us, that we can't help but shine to others because we are called to be a light of the world. So if if you take anything away from this episode, take that your story and the way that you could live in this world if you were to continue in sin and and what Adam sparked in the beginning, or you could live a life of truth, and you could live a life that that emanates and and creates multiples of yourself to others' lives, because all you did was shine through them, and you shined into them through Christ. Because if you look at even if you hear what Bree said, she said that she was at a low point and she backslid, and and when she came back, she didn't come back to you know people rebuking her. She didn't come back to you know hardship and people whipping her to get back in shape in church. No, she said that she came back to love hmm. and chicken off <laughs> And if there's nothing more that says love than chicken off I don't know what does. So you might be depressed and you might be the one who is trying to get someone out of depression. Either way, the glow comes from Christ.
2: I th- I think you said that really well, Traven, um where you said either you could be the one depressed or you could be, you can be the one trying to help someone come out of that depression it, it, all it takes is one person mm-hmm. i mean for i, I for no i know for Bree, she said one person but all it takes is a group of people honestly it it takes one person to step out and see someone's potential but when it's a group of people who are all in line kingdom mindset and they see a broken person coming back just to see the potential and put effort into it so we as believers who are in the church we as people who are continuing steadfastly in, in the word and in the doctrine and the truth we ought to have those lenses on day and night i mean if we don't have love we have nothing we have nothing and and just the, the title the truth looks good on you it's a simple saying it's a funny term But it it goes more deeper than than that. It it, it really is about love and sacrificing your time for another person because it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for us to feel sometimes exhausted. But for those people who are continuing steadfastly, our strength comes from the Lord. So I do encourage everyone who's listening to maybe push yourself a little further. In the area of tolerance. Um, of what people. you're going to do to see somebody else have the glow that you do. Right. Because it's
1: all about multiplying, baby. <laughs> and I think one other area we have to focus on is it's the word that brings truth. Right. The goal is to get in the word. And the right. goal is to find, you know, where Jesus said the truth sets you free. Right. Okay, so what is the truth? Well, the truth is that we're all sinners and we need to come to Christ. And, and the only way you find that is in the word. And the truth. And the truth. It's not right. drugs. no, It's not the things of this world. It is the word of God. Amen. And again, I feel like there's another flip side of that because you could be the one who is striving for the word, but you don't have someone, the Bible says that, you know, how shall they hear except someone be sent? So someone's waiting to hear the word. Someone's waiting for that. For and you to go witness to them. For you to go witness to them. And the other side of the coin is that you have the word if you've been in Christ. You have the resources needed to to multiply yourself into another person's life. And our goal is to spread an, a culture and an atmosphere of witnessing to see the light flick on in someone's life. Because not only, not only does it take the Word to do it for you, but the Word is a process. Because allowing God to heal your wounds takes time. And allowing God to make in you a new heart and, and a new spirit over the course of how much pain and, and suffering you've lived. It takes time, right? You know, you it says that you trade your oil of, of joy for mourning. So you have to get rid of your mourning and understand that God's promises are for me. God's hope is for me.
2: If if one of you are hurting in a state of bondage that you know you need to get out of, if you feel moved by what was shared on the podcast, um, just start by opening your word. Just start by seeking God. And if you need a touch or you want someone to reach out to you, contact a friend that you know knows God. Contact someone that you know seeks God. Um, Because at the end of the day, we can't just let... I mean, I could go into speaking about how these things hit us and affect us, and then we just leave it there. But... What, we, we're, what we're we speaking about here on this podcast today is not simply encouragement, not simply inspirational words that come out of our mouth, but it's because we believe it. That truth does look good on you. And that God died for you on that cross because he believed it too.
1: And your life is worth more than just the filth that we sit in every single day.
2: But I, I feel like even this, as we speak about this, it really challenges, challenged the two of us as well to kind of self-reflect of, okay, are we doing that as well? Like I spoke about earlier, me and my personal life with the people who sometimes are just difficult to get along with. If I could just simply look at them through the same lens as Jesus looked, I think we'll be all right in this forsaken world together working towards the kingdom of God together in unity together under one name together in one baptism together with one God and his name is Jesus. Amen. Traven truth looks good on you bro. Thanks man.
1: We just want to be witnesses of him. That's how we really are. We really are just witnesses.
2: Just two witnesses.
1: And we want to witness truth invade this world. And it only, only comes when we take the time to look at one person, set our eyes upon one person, and invest in them to see that truth light bulb flick on. And they say and realize that I need the Lord. So if you're in a position of any type of influence which we all are if we have the holy ghost you can make a difference and you can invite someone to a bible study and explain to them the way of the world and then explain to them the way of god and if you can influence somebody then you need to have the mindset like paul did when he said what is my reward it's that when i preach the gospel that i make the gospel of christ without charge and not abuse my power for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself a servant unto all that I might gain the more. Because he, he became a Jew to gain the Jews. And he became under the law to gain those under the law. And he became weak to gain the weak. And he, he made himself as all men that he might by all means save some. So it's about having a mindset that I need to change some stuff about me. So that I can gain someone else and see the truth bulb come on in them. Because once we have that, then we have the reward. And you will start to change lives. And you will start to step in and see things that you have not yet.
2: But yeah, guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode today. In um, the title of it, which you heard like five times since now. But believe it. And receive it. And we're going to say thank you for listening
1: and thank you for your time we're
2: gonna hop off here love you guys very much thanks for listening to just two witnesses god bless
1: take it away hannah
0: oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. you